The Story in Your Head, Episode 20, Being Busy. Welcome to The Story in Your Head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today, Michelle and I sat down to talk about what being busy truly means. We dive into how we used to consider being busy a good thing, but realized that that was just a story we were telling ourselves after we realized more value was created when we were being strategic about what we were working on. We also discuss why having time to not be busy is just as, if not more important, than being busy. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Ron. Today, I'd like to talk about busy. Busy. Last time we talked about an eight-letter word. Today, we've dropped down to four. Hey, is this getting better or getting worse? I don't know. We'll find out pretty soon. (laughs) Cool. What does it mean to be busy? I I certainly can do that really well. And what are the consequences of that? I I hear it an awful lot these days from just about everybody I walk into and talk to. That's great. I love the topic. Thanks for, for choosing it. The first place I go back to is I go back to like what I grew up with and what I understood was, and it was actually a virtue to be busy, like to be doing a lot of, a lot of something, right? You were, I mean, looking at you, oh, whew, they, that person looks busy over there, right? That's, that's a good thing. Like, like they're working it. They're really working hard. So when I'm being busy, as we, when I grew up, that, that was like, it was a sign that you were a hard worker. You, you knew how to, to labor well, you produced stuff, right? And now, like it, it's the, the word has shifted for, for me. It shifted away from I'm busy doing something that may or may not have anything to do with what I'm trying to, to produce in the world. So I could actually be busy doing something that doesn't get me any closer to where I want to go. So it, it's occurring now to me as it's a shift away from, and this is the way I use it now, is it's a shift away from doing a lot of work to being strategic. Like the work that you do is tactical or strategic and that it's moving you towards an outcome in the future. Where before, I mean, well, I, I, when I was a kid, I got paid by the hour. So the, the more hours I put in, the more labor I did, the more money I made. Life doesn't work that way for me anymore. Like life, life works in a way of what kind of outcomes can I produce? And I think that's a shift that's happening as we're moving away from what would be a normal labor tradition to outcome-based and people creating what outcomes they want to produce and producing those outcomes going forward. What's showing up for you, Michelle? Yeah, so you said one thing in there that kind of triggered me. Like when you're a kid, I did the same thing, right? You're paid by hour. So as long as you can sit there and do something, right, you would make another whatever it was, 10, 15, or 7 <laughs> those days whatever you make per hour, which is linear, right? And and that's it. And so if you really want to improve your situation, make more money, linear is probably not going to work, right, at at those levels. So you have to do something that's more exponential. And that's what makes me think of busy. And I also, growing up, could do busy really well, right? And that was like an accomplishment. It's like, I'm really busy. Isn't that great? But then eventually you stop and look busy at what? You know, what is that producing for me and where am I moving forward? And 
And how is that going to help me to meet my career ambitions? So a lot of times when I first started working, I started in, in operations and you know, getting computers set up. It's called genning, right? You get the computers all set up, you get them, you literally unpack them, you have to put the operating system on. This is like way back when, and all the things that need to occur. So it's, it's a lot of busy work. And the reason why I'm calling it that is you start and you sit around and watch the machines, lights go on, right? And you're just babysitting. Really, anybody can do that job. And that's it. But if you're busy watching the lights go on, it means you can't do anything else, right? Because you have to kind of babysit it. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. What can I do at that time that's more productive, more knowledge-based? And so that's where I started really exploring busy. And is busy really going to work, which is kind of what you're saying, right? I need to work and think about things and tasks to be more strategic, which is exponential rather than linear in your knowledge and what you can produce and the outcomes that you can produce. So that's what you, you brought forth for me. Thanks, Michelle. When I break it down, like there's a space when I was, a story I had at one time was, the more I labor, the more a value I bring, right? So then doing a lot of things made it worthwhile. And then I, when I shifted away from nobody really cares that I work hard, what they care about is what I can do for them. What outcomes can I produce for them? What new situations can I produce for them? How can I take care of them in a specific way? And it shifted from, I distinctly remember there was a moment in time back in the 90s where there was a space where we were trying to get some things done, outages and stuff done quicker. So it was projects, we wanted to get them done as short a time as possible. But there was a, a fundamental we kept bumping up against was, well, we need to make a certain amount of hours and we need to make a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time and a certain amount of space to do that. So there's the ways we do things that make it where there's a lot of busy work. And, and wow, was there a lot of stuff that was created so that people could look busy? I mean, they really would. You, you look at the job site, you walk around and it goes, as long as there's lots of noise and there's lots of sound and people moving around, everybody goes, oh, this is good, right? And, and yet they were continually producing durations in the 30 to 40 day projects. And we go in away from being busy, right? And said, what are all the things we can eliminate, right? Anything we don't need to do. So we're just being strategic about what we're doing. We're designing actions to be able to take care of those concerns and only those concerns and not other concerns, right? That, that matter to the customer. All of a sudden we went from like 25, 35 days down to 12 days. So we cut out 50% of the labor. Now, the, the first thing that we bumped up against was, you know, there's a lot of people who get paid by the hour and, and, they, and they don't get paid anymore because the hours went away. Now, the value for the customer is still there, right? Because all they care about is that the project is done and they get what they need out of it. So there's a space where the customer is very happy. That's the customer who pays the money to us, to us right? But the people who work for us, they go, well, where's, where's my money? Like, what are you working on? 530? Well, like, I can't leave yet because I, I got kids to feed and I got all these other things to do, right? That's a really good question to be into. So how do you take care of the people who are doing majority of the work? And we had to sit down with them and say, what do you want? They go, well, what I really want to know is what's my next job? What? Wait a minute. What? Like, it's not about how many hours you work here. No, what I don't want to do is I don't want to go home or I don't want to leave here with an unpredictable date. So I don't know how to get my next job. I go, so if we guarantee, like we say, we'll get you done at this time. That's your, your end date that you're okay with that. You go, yeah. And in fact, if you have a lead for me where to go next, I'd love that too. 
And so we went from how do we continue to labor and be labor hard at what we do, but how do we figure out how to do it as short a time as possible with the least amount of labor as possible and be strategic about what we're doing. And then the customers, the because I guess there's always multiple customers, customer who's providing us income, then we, we were transacting with customers called labor, and we would give you know, pay them in a way that was two-part. One, this many hours, this much pay. Two, and at the end, here's your next job. Here's where you can go to next. Here's your space to go there next. And now we didn't have any shortage of people wanting to come work for us because it was a new level of predictability. They could actually know when the job was going to start, when it was going to finish, and how to lay out the next jobs. Very few people, we actually found them other jobs because they're better at it than we are. But what they didn't, what they never know is when's it going to end? Like they go, no, I can't take that one. No, I can't take that one. No, I can't take that one. And then they would turn and go, oh, this is predictable. Like we're going to finish on day 12. And sometimes we would finish on day like nine and we'd pay them for two more days because we said we'd finish up at day 11. And they were like, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is great. Now, we probably swept the turbine deck a little longer than we should have swept the turbine deck to make it all work out. Because if somebody came up and saw everybody sitting around on picnic benches, because people still have that busy mentality, if they would go, what are you guys doing? Well, we said we're going to work for 11 days, and they're going to work for 11 days, and we're done. And they would have gone, no, no, get rid of them. So we kind of took a long time to make that last one because we knew how people look at it. They, they look at it and say, well, they're not busy. Get rid of them. I'm going like, no, no, they're exceptionally busy. They're just done early. And we have a commitment. So that's what's showing up for me in the in the, the world of busy is that busy is a story in your head that you're working on something for the sake of working on something, not to produce a result in the end. And when you go from being busy, which is like laboring for the sake of laboring, to moving from that to, so the sooner I can get to the end and meet all the requirements, take care of all the concerns, better off we all are because there's other things you can take care of other things you can do and part of what we did to make that happen was to turn a lot of the decisions on how they do it not what they do not what what requirement had to meet, but how they did it we turn it over to them let them figure out better ways to do it yeah thanks ron what i heard there which i think is pretty relevant to this current market is how do you become an employer of choice right? What can you do differently? And listening to the employees, you know, what a concept, right, of what's really important to them, and then figuring out how to make that happen. So thanks. If you're okay, I got, I got another question there. And, and that's, I hear a lot of people, I get stuck in this space, and it's called, I'm too busy. And they don't know how to break out. At least that's my story for them, right? What lines or what techniques what stories can you share to help people see that being too busy just gets you tired? doesn't really move you forward. A couple spaces. The first one I'll start with is I'm too busy and I'm a leader, right? You're, you're like, you're, you're managing people. You're, you're doing all, all of that space. Right. And then I'll go to the second one, which is you're, you're a worker, right? So now you're, you're an individual contributor. You, you produce some new outcome, a new situation. And as a, I'll start with the leader, the leader, not always, but normally when let's say I'm too busy, it's because they have not mastered the skill of delegation. Now, 
It also could show up as like, I don't have enough people. But normally when you say, why don't we keep the people, right? It's because there's not enough delegation going on to where people can contribute. One of the top five reasons that people stay or leave a job is that they're valued that they, and they, they get to contribute. Like Those are two of those top five. And being able to contribute means not that I get to do labor, but I get to make choices, I get to think, I get to add. That I am valued means that when I come up with an idea, somebody will follow it. So as, a, as when you see when I see leaders that are, I would say, bumping up against like I'm too busy, it's because they're trying to direct everybody. They're trying to tell everybody what to do. And in realistic terms, I think about seven to nine people is about the range of what you can manage and, and tell people what to do. Now, that will give you no time to design. You'll just be spending all of your time telling those seven people what to do. So if you've got like 25 people working for you, you're toast. Right? Like you can't, there's just not a space to do it. So that now you're, you're in the space that that's all you can direct. And to delegate means there are people that are inside the group. You can say, this is your role. This is your responsibility. This is what's got to look like at the end. Right. And I trust you'll take care of this. And that trusting is a space that if you cannot trust or choose not to trust, right? Not like trust, like, well, they performed this way in the past. So now they're going to perform this way in the future. That's a certain kind of assessment from the past. Trust as in, I believe in you and you're going to do a good job. You can trust them, hand them that space and then stand out of the way. And sometimes that means you sit in the corner and worry like crazy because they begin to take on those responsibilities. That's where you begin to build some autonomy, some freedom to be able to do that. That's, that's the first thing. The second one is if you're so busy telling everybody what to do, you're not going to be able to invent new things or create new spaces or create new capacities for yourself. You're going to be stuck because you're so busy doing all that other stuff. You're actually spending all your time telling other people what to do and you're not developing your own skills and you're not practicing and not creating. So the space is to have that time set aside to actually reflect and design and create and to notice what's going on with you in a way that you can actually help others to lead themselves. So that's from a leader standpoint. Now, from an individual contributor, busy can be that I'm like this. A good sign of that is when they say something like this. That's the way we've always done it. That's the way it has to be done. Versus the space of, I I don't know what's the best way to do it. Let's try this. And when you're so busy doing things and you're not really in a mode of being able to question into them or try to figure out a better way or figure out a new creative way, you're busy and you're not being strategic. You're just trying to like, and sometimes people like, I've met people who they, they just love to punch a clock. What are you working on? 530 right? or 430. And like in that space, they're kind of, they don't have their, their heart into it. They don't have their, their space for them to create a new world for themselves around the fun of being at the job. It becomes labor. Labor just gets you tired versus creation, which is exciting and fun and enjoyable. And that has nothing to do with the actual, like what task you're going to do. You can be running a, you know, like a deep fryer. You can be running a deep fryer and trying to solve the riddle of how does a deep fryer make food perfect? Or you could be in there and like, what are you doing? Waiting for the timer to go off. Both of those look like the same thing, 
but the internal story in her head, the person is going like, I'm trying to figure it out. Is it, is it the sizzle that makes it different? Is it, is it, is it some color that's different? They're making it a game out of it and they're excited about it and they're mastering this, the skill of what they're doing. That is strategic. They're building skills. They're being acknowledged. They're being a space. They're not busy. The other one is going like, I just got to wait for the timer to go off. What are you doing in the meantime? I can't do anything in the meantime. I'm waiting. That's what shows up for me. That's what I've coached many people on. And that's, that's how I, I hold it. What, sh- what, what shows up for you? One in like what I say, but then also for yourself about people who are too busy. Yeah. Like I said, I, I run into that quite a bit. And I think one of the, the big times that I ran into myself when I was a leader, right? And there was just a lot of work going on, right? There was, we just got a new project and it was approved to hire a new person. And I'm like, oh my goodness. All right. I definitely need a new person, but boys, it's going to take a lot of my time to get the person in, right? You got to write the job description. You got to get it approved to the right level. Then you've got to post it. You got to interview all the people. Then you got to negotiate the contract and then bring somebody in and then train them. And I was like, but if I don't do that, I'll be in the same spot a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. And I really need the help. So it took a little bit for me. I just needed to put in sometimes a little extra time to get out and to bring the help in, in order to move forward. So sometimes we've always said at work, you have to slow down to speed up. And that was one of the instances where we slowed down, brought in the right people, got the right skills, took the time to do that. And then we completed the job early because we slowed down and got the right people in. What might happen if you don't bring in those people and you continue to try to do it without getting good help? Oh, I've done that one too. That's not a lot of fun. It's month three. You're still swamped. You're working too many hours. Can't get the work done. You're getting tired. You're making mistakes. So you have to do it twice. And usually you're over time and over budget. So yeah, been there, done that. That does not work. And then there's a recovery time because you're so burnt out. So then you got another two months of recovering from this project. And it's like, okay, well, that was fun. Not really, but I've learned. I, I love the, the story of slowing down to speed up. One of my early mentors who actually became an employee of mine later, it was kind of fun to work both ways. And he had the same first name as me. So it was an enjoyable guy to work with. And he had a good name. But he had a saying, the hurrier you go, the behinder you get. Right? And the first time he, he said that to me, I was going like, is that like always that way? <laughs> I remember a toothpick and he always rolled it to one side without touching it. Just rolled one side and said, yes. And I was just going, wow. And to this day, it still holds true. A slower, steady pace, taking the time to design, create, get help, look for new ideas, space to create, space to invent new strategies and tactics, always outperforms hurried or busy or working hard. Yeah, the other space where it really showed up for me was when you talked about delegating, right? So you delegate the tasks and you realize perhaps your staff or some members of your staff don't have the skills or knowledge to do it. So there's two approaches that I've seen. One is, well, I'll just do it myself, right? That gets you back into that. We still also called it the, the hamster on the wheel. You know, like in hamsters, <laughs> right? There's a wheel without, they're on the hamster wheel because they're just running as fast as they can and getting absolutely nowhere. But also bringing in the skills and the knowledge, right, that people need to do their jobs and allowing them 
to figure it out a little bit, right? And to run those experiments and to, and to fail a bit. Because at least for me, that's when I learned the most. But I think that took initially a lot of courage for me to know, okay, I got the right knowledge. I've worked with the staff. They know what they need to produce from an outcome. Here's the training. All right, let's see what happens. And be there to support them, whatever that might be. For those of you who are not familiar with some of our work, we have a phrase called tossing lines. And it, it's really it's a chance to ask a question or to share a vulnerable story as a way for somebody, a space for somebody to discover something. So Michelle, when you see somebody who's on the hamster wheel, right? They're busy in the middle of it, right? And and you could see also notice they're they're a little little proud of all the hard work they're doing. What lines do you toss? Well, I usually start off with it's like, how you doing? Right? And they might say, Oh, great. I'm really busy. And you just let it go. And it's like, man, I am exhausted. I'm too tired. Usually it takes about three minutes to get to that part of the conversation. And then it's what help do you need? And that is actually one of the more challenging questions for people. Because number one, do they accept help? And you'll find out. And number two, they have to really think about what help do they need? What's going wrong? Why are they on the hamster wheel? And it's a lot of self-reflection. So I find those two questions, which by the way, could take 20 minutes or <laughs> yes. two months, you know, to get resolved is a lot of times where I start. But the first one is how are you doing? Because it's really not a fun place to be. And for the person to initially recognize that that is not where they want to be, because maybe they're giving up too much time and they'd rather spend it with their family or something else is usually being sacrificed when they're on that hamster wheel. That's great. Thanks, Michelle. How about yourself? Maybe I'll learn something here. Maybe get some new lines. My favorite. And it starts the same way. How you doing? Okay. Yeah, great. And just kind of let them empty out. I found that if you wait long enough, the whatever their conflict is will come up, right? And then you say, so what? Like, what's your strategy here? And many times I, I notice they go, I didn't have a strategy. I was, I was just busy working, right? And then when they start to tell me what that is, my favorite one to, to toss is, so how's that working? Rarely do we take the time, like it's not a habit, to take the time and just reflect on, how am I doing here? Specifically when you're really busy. When you have a story that I need to be busy or you have a story, I got to get all this stuff done, I'm just going to work really hard at it. You don't take the time to say, is this working? And many times those that's the question that I'll ask and I just let them answer. How's it working? And I go, oh, it's pretty good. And then like the next day they'll come back and go, you know, it's not working at all. This is, this is no. I, I'm, I'm, I, I hadn't stopped to think about how is this working? Right. And that's a space for them to start to create and run new experiments. And that's the, my follow-up line is always, Oh, what would you like to do different? What I always avoid is telling them what they should do because I believe they can create it. And thanks Ron. I find most people do know how to get out off the hamster wheel. They just need a little help to recognize that they're on it and also agree that the answer to that question, how, how's it going, can take two hours, three hours, 24 hours. It has to ferment in the back of the mind a little bit before it comes out and people accept, no, this isn't working. 
right? For whatever that means, because I, I, like I said before, they, they usually are sacrificing something else that really matters to them to be on the hamster wheel. And I can be doing this just as easily as anybody because I get so busy inside of it, I don't know, recording a video, designing some, some document, whatever, I'm, I'm busy with that. And it's really great to have a network of people around you that you trust. They can ask the question, so how's that working over there? Right? Or what help do you need? And to be in that space, it's not like there's something wrong with being busy. It's kind of where we grew up. It's kind of a culture thing. It's in some ways it can feel good, right? To say I'm laboring, but you're not getting what you want done. Then is you're not being strategic and you're actually wasting your time. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. I agree that that network that could come in and sort of knock a little sense into you to stop you long enough for you to see what's going on. I usually have to laugh because, yeah, I can still do it. And I'm very appreciative to all those around me that can kind of, hey, right, is that working or how are you doing? And I know it's a trigger line now. So <laughs> it triggers me in all different ways. And I can stop and say, let me really think about that. So my question to those who are listening to the podcast, when have you gotten busy? Who has tossed a line to you about how's that working? And who have you tossed a line to to say, how's that working? Or your version of that story. Send us an email at ron at macklinconnection.com or michelle at macklinconnection.com. Thanks, Ron. Great session today. Very relevant topic to me and hopefully to those that are listening. Great. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you all for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the story in your head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time.